You don't want me? I'm filled with scotch and bitterness and impure spoilers. This is the Flix X-Raid Podcast, starting in 5, 4... Welcome to Flix X Raid. We're your hosts, Tony. And Jeff. Tonight, we have with us uh, the sexually aggressive soccer mom, Natasha. Hi. <laughs> Just for Matt Damon. Just for Matt Damon. Hey, Tash. And, and maybe a few others if you've listened to yeah, other podcasts. <laughs> I, I have a list. But um, Matt Damon in this one, I will be a sexually aggressive soccer mom. And with us, we also have our animal enclosure specialist, Robin. Oh, yeah. That's right. Excellent. Thanks for coming on, guys. All right. So, uh, tonight we're doing the movie We Bought a Zoo. And so, uh, before we get started, I'd like to get to know our guests a little bit more and just add a, ask a very simple question of, what is your favorite zoo animal? We'll start with Robin, and I'm betting the answer is not monkeys. It's not monkeys. You are right. Correct, Amando. It's lemurs. Uh, no. <laughs> Although they are very cute. Okay. Uh, no, I okay. Well, Calgary Zoo is what I'm referencing here, but the uh, the red pandas are my favorite. I got a story about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're the cutest animals in existence. All right, and Natasha. I have to say anything that's part kitty. I really like kitties. Part kitty? Part kitty. Part kitty. Okay, it doesn't matter how big they are. If they're the tabby cat. The cat no. If there's a box, they will sit in the damn box, okay? Like, tigers are great. I like tigers. That's why you got one tattooed? Yeah. Uh, all right, excellent. Uh, so, let's uh, let's get into this. So, tonight we're doing We Bought a Zoo. All right. The movie starts Matt Damon, Scarlett Johansson, Thomas Hayden Church, and John Michael Wiggins. And is directed by Mr. Cameron Crowe. Excellent. And do you want to hit us with the uh, quick synopsis here? <laughs> it's never quick. And we know this every time we go over this. Shh, shh, it's, it's relatively okay. quick. After his wife's death, Los Angeles journalist Benjamin Mead decides to make a fresh start by quitting his job and moving his children to a property containing a zoo. Although closed for years, the zoo is still home to many animals, cared for by Kelly Foster and her small staff. Me opens his heart and his checkbook as he, Kelly, and the others work to renovate and reopen the zoo. See, not not that many tug twisters in that one. <clears throat> yeah, still a little sick apparently, but we'll be good. <laughs> All, right, All right. So since uh, since we're rolling along here and we uh, and we're doing things differently tonight. Tonight, it's time for us to play a game. Let's play a game. Tonight we are filling a zoo. We're filling a zoo. Yes. So the uh, topic here is pretty much fill in the blanks. Oh, shit. And it's all going to be movies that have animals in the title. Oh, shit. And so currently Tasha is wearing her pretty, pretty princess crown because Hi. she uh, holds the title. Hi. And we'll see if Robin can uh, compete and uh, steal it away from her. We'll see. All right. We'll so the see. first one is an example. Obviously, We Bought a Zoo does not have the name in the title, but it's just kind of an example. So here we go. We Bought a Blank. Mm, okay. 
So do you want to hit your buzzer so people know who's who? All right. Oh, maybe it? not at the same time. That's Natasha. And that's Robin. We All just right. said hit that the buzzer, means. and we were like, following instructions. <laughs> yep. That was my fault. That was my fault. People All right. Specific. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Four points. All right. So let's start this off with blank in the mist. Blank in the mist. Starting off strong. Is that name of an animal? Yeah. Name of an animal. Animal, animal's the blank. It's a very, very, it's actually fairly old, but it's a good movie, actually. I don't remember. In the mist. M-I-S-T. Yeah. yeah. Blank in the mist. I don't know. I've Wolf? No. No. Okay. Gorillas in the mist. I have never heard of I've that. I've never heard of that one oh, either. God. I really have never heard that. Okay. <laughs> there you go. No. Nay, apparently nay. there's a challenge one for the I night. I say nay nay. All right. All right. So next one. Water for blank. Natasha. Water for elephants. One point for Natasha. Next one. On your buzzards for Kung Fu. She got it first. Panda. One point for Robin. <laughs> the one that doesn't have an answer she's, beside it. All right, I'm sorry. I typed this up quick. For blood tonight. Robin <laughs> is like hovering on that buzzer. She's going to take it from me today. All right, number five. Or number... No, never mind. Anyway, the next one. Blank Man of Alcatraz. Oh. Uh, oh, no. I, I hit it too soon. I take it back. Of Alcatraz. Of Alcatraz. Blank is it Wolf? No. no, it's um. I really wanted to the be, wolf. She's tag. like, it's gonna be wolf I don't know. eventually. <laughs> I don't know. That's gonna be my. It's go-to. um. Okay, I I I can picture it in my head. I just can't remember what it's called. Okay. Right. There's also I, I little, an Oscar-winning film with a fairly similar title about two years back. Yeah, it doesn't help me. Anyways, <clears throat> Birdman of Alcatraz. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, All right. okay. my bad. All right, here we Next go. Next one. one. The blank, the witch in the wardrobe. Robin? Was it me? You Lion. It. Lion, thank you. <laughs> Two points, Robin. All right, here we go. Now, next one. Big blank. Oh, um. It's got a really uh... interesting box cover, too. I like this one. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. That, that, Jesus, that. dude. Apparently, we're dark hard tonight. What? McGregor. Big Fish? Yes! Point to Natasha. I didn't know Ian McGregor was in Big Fish. Yeah, he's the star. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> he's the star. <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> it, okay? I no, I haven't either. Sean Penn for some odd reason. I don't uh, know okay. why. All right. All blank, go to heaven. Dogs. <laughs> Natasha, three points. I used to watch it all the time. I know, right? Every kid did. All right. Next up, March of the Blank. Penguins. 3-3. Three, three. We're tied up. Penguins. Blake Dundee. Crocodile. <laughs> Natasha. Who framed Roger Blank? Rabbit. Yeah. Thank you. Reservoir Blank. Dogs. Man, this is a close one. <laughs> to kill a blank. Mockingbird. Yes. Damn it. Howard the... Duck. Yes. Old Marvel movie. Very first Marvel movie ever made. Howard the Duck. It was 101 blank. Dalmatians. Damn it. She's getting faster. <laughs> Brother blank. Bear. Yes. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. God <laughs> damn it, Jeff. I blame you for that. How? How do you blame me for that? Because you just came in with... Blah, 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 blah. For two points, crouching blank. <laughs> Crouching. Oh, actually, she, she got it first. It didn't go off. I'm going to concede it. 
Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Thank you. Yes. Two points to Robin. I saw it, her tap it, and it didn't go off, so. <laughs> All right. So that was a. You still won anyway. Nine to uh, six. I'm trying to be graceful. Okay? You got so fast at the end. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, you were like on it. You were like hovering, and I was like, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to hover. But then we were like tied, and I was like, oh, I I'm guess I sure. better bring my I'm A not game. I'm sure I'm going to hover. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, we're hovering now. We're getting into this. My competitive streak was coming out. Okay. Okay. The first game that I played, I won quite. Didn't I win? I won. Catch me if you can. Yeah. Is that what it was? No, no. I think catch me if you can. I don't think you had a game. No, I don't. Yeah, no. You had a quiz for us, and it was game, and I won. Yeah, it. we did. Yeah, okay. we did. I think I that was get... pre-crown, though. Yeah, it was pre-crown. pre-crown. But then we did howls, and I'm really sorry about howls. That's okay. All right, so guys, we bought a zoo. No, we didn't. I mean, I, we I'm bought a sorry, podcast. I'm, this is actually how I'm telling Tasha. What? <laughs> <laughs> so she, it's recorded if anything no. happens um we better turn these off now and when we come back we'll be shy one person <laughs> i'll let you guess which one it is bye robin <laughs> hi welcome to flick sex rate i'm your new host natasha <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh ladies do you want to give us your two sentence impression of the film Impression. Ooh, new yeah. wording. I yes. like it because it's a synopsis. You know, I get all triggered about that. Well, uh, sh- not triggered, no one said synopsis. Indignant. No one said synopsis. I get indignant. You said it. You brought I, it I did. up. I you brought it myself. up yourself. So we I made it. myself indignant because I must be indignant every time I'm on here. <laughs> um, I would have to say the my two sentence impression, even though it says synopsis on the page. I haven't changed anything. it yet. Okay, <laughs> I'm making small um, changes all the way. I would have to say that this is about a man who is looking for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also about. Uh, a man who has to stand on his own two feet for the first time really like he has to he's not just along for the ride he now has to be part of the ride if that makes sense like he he finally it's almost like being not chained to it but like he went from being passed you have to invest in it essentially from a visitor to an occupant like he's invested that's a lot of two sentence impression, but okay, I like what's it. The I longest like it. one I'm going to give you ever. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I like it. At least it was more than two. All right, so Robin, what's your two sentence impression of the film? Uh, something really beautiful coming out of tragedy, because it pushes him to do something that um, you never normally would, which is buy a zoo, which is a huge financial thing, and then with virtually no research, virtually none. Yeah. But he turns it into something beautiful. Can we talk about how shitty the retail r- realtor is? Real real estate agent. Realtor. Realtor yeah, he, works. He really didn't. And are we go- okay? We're going right into the talking points then. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. Well, he did say it was his first day. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're going out with a realtor and you're like, hey, and what I realtor wanna- be doing them the first day? Well, no, no, no. Yeah, first day aside, everyone has a first day somewhere, right? You can't discredit him that. But, you know, if someone said to me, hey, I want to see a bunch of houses, and, you know, I made up a binder of all the houses, I would not include one that is, like, a business. Yeah, but it, but it technically... Without telling them before like, you got there? When you talk to a realtor, you give them, like, your list of, like, must-haves, and, like, Matt Damon's character was very vague. Just he, All he said was just, just new. Just new. Like, we just need to be somewhere. Hills. It had hills. Okay, he's looking for rolling hills that had rolling hills in it. Like, 18 that was, acres worth. 
you know, and that's what I mean, though. Like, that is essentially, like, all... Like, you know what, though? When when real estate agents put together those listings of houses, they put together houses that are at the top end of your spectrum, at the middle end of your spectrum, in the middle, like, you know, ones that they know you won't like, but then some that they think that you will like, just so that you kind of, like... Because when you see a house that you don't like, and then you walk into a house that is, like, mostly on your good list, you will appreciate it more because you just saw the dump from prior. Mm, Yep. That sounds about right. So, so in a weird way, it's kind of like a selling tactic, and I think that this one... Not that this guy seemed to have any selling tactic, though. No, really, no. But, like, you know... But... The actor does a good rendition of Obama... <laughs> on SNL, um, that wasn't DJ. Smith. Isn't that? I thought that was him. No, oh, he just was kidding. gone before Obama. Just so, kidding. I take it back. Sorry, my reference but, was, was out of date. But this, but this actually happened, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I wonder at what point the actual Benjamin Me found out it was a zoo, right? Like, did it actually? Did it did that... not transpire like that at all. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I highly. So doubt that, that was that well, was like, like a... I would be tempted. Like right now, if Tony and I went house shopping, I would look at an acreage for sure. Like I definitely would take into consideration if it fell into my price point, because I know Tony and I have talked about developing a home in the sense that like to fit our needs, having the that amount of acreage would be very beneficial in order to build that home, right? Like like there's a million reasons why people would want. Like he doesn't want to be in that town because everything reminds him of his ex of his, his deceased wife right so this at least it's away it's it's secluded it's you know what i mean like it, it, it it's almost like a new start and that was mm-hmm. the point so the zoo just happened to be there and that kind of sold it for him when he saw his daughter but otherwise like i don't know i just feel like i would look at that piece of property without knowing mm-hmm. it was a zoo and i'd be like and i actually like when you saw the inside of the house it was quite a nice house i was like oh like i would buy this yeah it was beautiful and if I got a good price on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Like, and even then, like, I don't know, the realtor, I just want to point out, and this is just me watching it, I love this film, but, like, the movie's called We Bought a Zoo. So, like, all the lead-in, you're like, he's like, oh, there's something unique about this property, and, like, sitting there as an audience member, I'm like, it's a zoo. But at least it wasn't like they didn't wait too long to tell you it was a zoo. You know what I mean? Like they tried no, all the different whole... homes. There was like the montage of the different homes and stuff. Yeah, that I thought that went by pretty quick. Yeah, it's, it wasn't like it's right into it. It's not like you wait till like halfway through the movie in order to find out it's a zoo. Like mm. you found out pretty fast it was a zoo. But you need to It's not like he bought in. the house and then he showed up and it's like, oh, surprise. It's surprise, a Surprise, motherfucker. There's a lion in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. No, the detector in the bathroom. Wait, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I felt like it came across pretty fast, but you needed the precursor going into it to know, like, Benjamin's frame of mind and, like, the kid's frame of mm-hmm. mind and, like, why they needed that, like, mm-hmm. that break, right? So, I mean, I, I think it actually right? worked out really well in the sense that it, it came at the right time. Yeah. Do you think the zoo is a symbolism for his... I'm going to stab you right now. I'm not even going to let you finish that, okay? I'm not even going to let you fucking finish that sentence, Jeffrey. His disordered mind? Joffrey. Joffrey. I will call you Joffrey and I will poison you when I put this crown on your head, Joffrey. He's digging deep for symbolism there. A little. Joffrey. But on that note, speaking of symbolism... I'm I'm just kidding. I'm trying to trigger Tasha, apparently. <laughs> um, okay, so you feel like, you know, I, it's just one of those things where I, I feel like that kind of scene, it, it was very Hollywood Hollywoodized. It's not the real story uh, at all. But 
I don't actually know the real story. This is the first time I've ever seen this film. Okay. I know that you, I know that you, Tony, watched it um, before. I love this film. And I know. And you you came up to me and you were like, Natasha, you have to watch this. And I was like, what the fuck? Right? So, like, <laughs> I, and, and, and I never got around to it because, like, you don't like rewatching films really. Unless it's for a podcast, but otherwise you don't really like rewatching films. Yeah, well. Or if I make you do it, like when we watch Zootopia or the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice and or stuff the mummy. Like that. Or the mummy. Not the new one. Heaven forbid. Anyways, I'm just saying that like you don't really like to rewatch films, so there's a lot of movies that you're like, Natasha, you should watch this and I just like never get around to it because I have to watch it on my own. And if I'm mm-hmm. not inclined to watch it on my own, I ain't going to because I've got a lot of other important stuff in my life that needs to get done first. Okay. That being said, so having watched this film, this is you in a nutshell, Tony. I feel like I'm being called out. Tony. Tony. You are the like not Tony. planner and ed- like adventure, <laughs> like who would buy a fucking zoo without doing any kind of research and how much is gonna fucking cost you to run the damn thing. That is you. <laughs> He Are you saying it? you're the naysayer brother? You, uh, I no, I am the dead wife. <laughs> yeah, in her grave. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> you just spent all the money on a zoo, and you don't even know how to raise animals. Well, Tony, you're not getting uh, like eighty four thousand dollars from her. No, I'm gonna this. be like, fuck just you, don't buddy. Plan on that. <laughs> I'm no, dead. No, I believe the money dream. to Stark. Stark inherits everything. <laughs> But it's the dream. Mm. It's the dream. Don't get me wrong, Tony. That being said, I really would actually probably encourage you. And that's the thing, though. Like, you and I make a great partnership. You come up with the crazy ideas, and I'm like, okay, how much is this shit going to cost now? (laughs) Shout out to all those unsung heroes out there that do accounting for their, like, artist spouses. (laughs) Because, (laughs) goddamn, it is like herding cats some days, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) this movie was like you reincarnate okay you are you saying i'm a sad dad you will be you will be die (laughs) you would be you would be if if the circumstances allowed which i don't i don't think they're anytime soon i'm not going to allow that because that's just kind of a weird word to use there well i'm just saying like (laughs) sad dad no to allow a circumstance of tash dying (laughs) Can I say? (laughs) Don't go anywhere, please. (laughs) No promises. Oh, we miss you. you. We're going to miss you when you're gone. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what they all say. Okay, so you said this was me incarnate and you kind of... This is like you right here, okay? Like Mm -hmm. crazy. Like you're not a journalist. You're just like my free-spirited artist husband who just like just has these dreams of what he wants to do and has like no semblance of like what this shit actually costs or what needs to go into this and then you find yourself in trouble and I'm like trouble, trouble damn it Tony. Tony what? Trouble with the capital Tony oh my god yes <laughs> like, so we speaking of buying houses this is really appropriate for this okay oh, here we go so the you story knew, of this you, house. You knew you were, this was coming. All right. I did. So we walk in the house and we're like, oh, this is a nice house. Okay, this is this is pretty cute. I mean, there's some things that we're missing, but we're like, oh, we can develop that or we can build that or whatever. We can upgrade this shit. Like, it's mostly cosmetic or whatever. 
I look out the back window. There's a giant fucking hill in the backyard, okay? Have you seen my backyard? It's a oh, fucking yeah. giant ass hill. And Tony's like, this is great. We could snowboard in the winter, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Tony, Tony, you would run into the house. But he's like, no, we could just practice. I could just I could just I could imagine just practice. practicing on it. Oh. And I was like, okay, but this is going to be a bitch to mow in the summer, he said. I say. And he's like, oh, like, I, I, like it'll be it's fine. It's a fucking bitch. It will be you need fine, a Natasha. motorized lawnmower. No, it, it, no, no. I've actually discovered we have a motorized lawnmower. I've actually discovered it is harder with a motorized lawnmower because motorized lawnmowers are not designed for hills. And they're also really heavy. They're also yes. very heavy. So I'm pushing a much heavier lawnmower up a hill. Anyways, and so you- so anyways, so then I'm like, no, Tony, like this is a deal breaker for me. We we better keep shopping because like that hill is a deal breaker for me. He's like Natasha. I will take care of the lawn. Don't worry about a thing. I will take care of the mowing and the taking care of the lawn. Because I'm like, this is a fucking deal breaker for me. First summer, halfway through the lawn, the f- like the second time he had to do it, and he was like, oh, this lawn's a bitch. And I'm like, uh-huh. and then he looks at me, he's like, will you come help me? And I'm like, no. That was part of the agreement when we bought the house. I will you not. This. this is all. This is You made your bed, and now you got to sleep in it. <laughs> I actually seriously discovered an electric mower is much lighter and will actually function on the hill, whereas a motorized uh, gas gas propelled mower actually can't get itself up. So I'm spending more work pushing a heavier mower up and down a hill. Anyways, this took a few years of trial and error to find out what works best for Clearly. him, which yeah. I did for not put mowers. any effort into at all because I have never mowed this lawn be- per our agreement <laughs> when we purchased the house. I have stayed true to that agreement. Yes, she has. Well, we'll practice my snowboarding in the winter, Natasha. <laughs> and she's got I the shitty... I forgot we live in Calgary. We don't get enough fucking snow. It's not even that. There's just not... There's trees in the way. There's not that much space. You, you have run like into the 20 house. feet of hill. Yeah, that's the kind of hill I, I learned on. Yeah, yeah. It's, but like... Whatever. 20 I feet really of hill. wanted to set up a quarter pipe at the bottom. He, that's, that's what he said he wanted to do so that he could just, you know, go around and keep going. And I was like, well, no, no, a quarter okay. pipe would be so I don't hit the house. Yeah, but I know. Yeah. But I was like, OK, you do you, boo boo. Like, have at her. But just so you know, I've never mowing that fucking lawn and I have never mowed that lawn. Oh, my God, Tony. It sounds right? like a story you would do. And it is. Yeah, it's 100 percent right? truth. I am not making up a single word of that story. OK, <laughs> like artists and their dreams i love you all and i encourage you to keep dreaming but like sometimes you have to have a little bit of realism and maybe you should listen to the party pooper in your life that you so quaintly call them because sometimes (laughs) they've got a really good point yeah i know one of my brothers at one point wanted to build a waterfall under his stairs oh man why what yeah why would mark do that i Actually, you got that right. <laughs> uh, well, of course we know. No, of course Mark. I know it's Mark. <laughs> that sounds like a Mark thing. It is a Mark thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had some really crazy So, ideas. like, inside? Yeah. Like, inside the house? Inside the house, pump water through it and have an aquarium underneath the stairs. I a mean, that sounds, I mean, it, it sounds though. really cool if you have the money to, like, maintain it and make sure you do it right so that it doesn't. The problem is, is all I saw when you said that was dollar signs. <laughs> I know. It's not like, it's not like, I wasn't thinking of the cool fish or the cool waterfall and how pretty that would be. I was thinking water signs and what happens if it leaks and I have to tear out the whole basement. Mm-hmm. Yo, oh, oh, as soon as you said it, I was like, Mark, you're an idiot. <laughs> I love you. But you're an idiot. So in this I'm movie, s- he doesn't have someone I, to do this. Have oh, oh, he does. 
his brother. brother. Oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah but, like, but he's not. Who to their siblings? I don't listen to my siblings whenever they tell me that I'm doing something stupid. And I'm his like, brother, you. his brother isn't, like, a deciding party along with him like a spouse is. Yeah, a spouse is different because you got to sleep next to that in the same bed. And if they're <laughs> mad at you, God help you. Okay, <laughs> at least at the end of the day, you can be like, bye, go back to your own home. And then I get to live, live here and pretend like you didn't say yeah, anything. Yeah, he could, he could choose just not to talk to his brother about it. It's And like, hell hath no fury. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a good laughter. <laughs> Where's the woman scorned in that? In she this did. You didn't she e- did. You, didn't even, you don't even have to say it. There is no woman scorned in this because she did. So there is no voice of reason. But oh, the there mo- is a scorned woman in this movie. I know, but like not towards him until later. No, no, it's the child. The I third- don't think there's any woman who... Uh, she, like, okay, Scarlet Scarjo's character rang him. Like, oh, she rang him, like, I have a crush she on gave you. him his numbers right off the get go. She was yeah, like, just so beginning. you know, oh, yeah. like, fuck you, you know. <laughs> Silence and pointing, and then fuck you. That's because I was like, how, like, without actually, like, she just she she set him straight. She was like, you have no fucking clue what you're doing. This is really important to me. I have been here forever. This is my life, and this is gonna happen. And you need to like, why is a city slicker doing this? You actually, have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Two bits of dialogue really indicate how long she's been there. So she says that she was uh, with, uh, uh, not Scar, what's his name? Spur. Spur. Um, Spar. Spar. Spar, sorry. Uh, which obviously is a play on Scar. But anyway. Yeah, I know. She was with Spar for 13 years. She's 28 years old. She's been there for 15. Since she's she been, been there. working at the zoo since she was 15. Well, oh. it's like a local at zoo. At least, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when they got the lion. Like she might have actually been there when she was thirteen. Like, uh, so she's like her cousin, girl, right? She started when she was super young, and yeah, I really liked Lily. Yeah, and I really liked Rosie. The girl characters of this were just really cute. Okay, especially like the kids, because like I just really liked Lily's laugh. Mm-hmm. Like when she laughed, it was just like adorable, and I was like, oh my god, you are just you poor little homeschool girl. Yeah. Like, Aww. Everyone calls you a dick, but I don't believe that. That was Rosie. That was Rosie. She's talking to Lily. No, Lily. Oh, oh, I thought you said L- Rosie. L. Fanning's character. Yeah, L. Fanning. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's Lily, the thirteen-year-old okay, girl now, who yeah. likes uh, Dylan, who thinks that he's named after Bob Dylan. When it's a dog. When it's named after a dog named Dylan. Did you see that in the family? It said his name was Milo. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that they changed the name until I saw the credits and saw that the visiting family, which was played by the Me family, yeah, the actual yeah. it said Milo, Milo, and I was and like. Ella. I was like, oh, that actually, like, that kind of makes sense. Because, again, if he's named after a dog, Milo is a very common dog name. Yeah. How is Dylan a very common dog name? I don't know. It's not. But I'm just saying, like, he said he was named after a dog named Dylan. Yeah, I, I feel like, like it was just Aww. kind of a little They just changed it a little yeah. bit. It's just like, hello, we are acknowledging our roots. Yeah. Acknowledging our roots. This was a really, really cute film. It was just, like, it was kind of, people deal with grief in their own way. Mm-hmm. Right, like I don't know about you guys, but like I throw myself into things, and I just like I just keep myself busy when I'm dealing with grief. I can't sit still because then all I do is think about it. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, he just wanted to have an adventure because he had to give up. Like when he was talking to his boss, and he was talking about taking the kids with him to do his what he was Volcano doing his pitch. Thing. He was like, I I'll take my kids with me, and this is the pitch, and blah blah blah. And it was like he kind of had to give up his life at adventure because his wife had passed away, which is really unfortunate. But like this was like a new adventure. He was looking for a new adventure that didn't include his wife so that he could he could heal. 
Right, right. And something that he could also take his kids with him. But he needed to make sure that, because he's the sole provider now, so he has to make sure that his kids are in. It's like that one movie that I like a lot, Raising Helen, Mm -hmm. where she's like a model agent, um, but but she inherits three kids when her sister passes away or whatever, Mm -hmm. and, and it interferes with the job because, like, she constantly, she can't travel anymore to go with the models on their gigs. She can't do all this stuff. And it was just like, your life changes when you no longer have a partner. Mm. Right. So I, I'm kind of transitioning now. I can feel it going from one thing to another. But like when you don't have a partner in your life, when you're so used to having a partner in your life, it, it makes it really difficult. Like I know that there's lots where I know like right now, if Tony were to be in a cast and I had to do everything, like there'd be. Would s- you mow the lawn? I would not mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> there, Still not mowing the lawn. <laughs> there would be wild Pokemon back there. <laughs> I will hire a landscaping <laughs> company before I mow that lawn. That's just that's never going to be a thing. But I will spend the money for it, okay? But I'm just saying that there's a lot of things no, around the house. Don't break leg. Don't uh. break leg. Um, there's a lot of stuff around the house that Tony does that, like, if Tony were to pass away or be incapacitated in any way, shape, or form, I'd have to pick up that double duty. And that would be very difficult. I, I think sometimes we forget, like, how much our spouses do for us until they're no longer there to do it in whatever capacity that they're mm-hmm. no longer there. Right. In this case, it was death. Um, but if Tony were to be like put in a wheelchair tomorrow, like my life would flip on its head completely. Uh, yeah, very much so. But it's just like little I things. suddenly feel very appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> there it's on recording. So now whenever you feel unappreciated, you can play this podcast oh, and good. remember how much I actually appreciate everything that you do. Good, there we go. Good. And I'll just play it on repeat. I'll just have it, like, on a tape recorder on my phone. And every time you're like, you never, you always take me for granted, I'll be like, click. How much I do appreciate you. I don't know. Like, my whole life would be changed. Anyways. You know, I I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see how people deal with grief. It's it's always, um, some people isolate themselves. People throw themselves into things. I think in Um, this. But before, I'm. I was actually going to stop you before you go Sorry, on to another transition here. I will here. keep going. I know. So I'm going to I'm going to put a weird little stop That's in why here. Why I like writing monologues. <laughs> so you're st- talking about grief and I just want to know if, you know, to the table, you know, have any of you guys had to deal with grief at this obviously not to the level of lo- losing a spouse or something. Yeah, no, not quite to that level. Nope. Not like but that like, level. But how do you guys like some people binge eat? Some people eat their feelings, some people um isolate themselves some people uh do crazy things to feel alive like how do you guys deal with grief i've never dealt with grief in this manner the only thing like the closest person i've had die in my life or anything like that or had issues with is my grandmother uh a year ago i guess it would just be over a year ago Mm -hmm. but she was 91 and it was almost a blessing in disguise almost yeah, that's tough when it gets to that point, too. Well, I yeah. mean, like, the, but, like, Matt Damon's character also had that thing where, like, she was sick. So, obviously, she, he had time to kind of, like, to kind of, I guess, come to grips with it. Sure. I mean, regardless of, like, when it happens, I think you still have to deal with the grief. Yeah, you still oh. deal with the grief. Okay. Even so at that stage, right? Yeah. Jeff's examples is grandma. Yeah. Uh, Robin, Robin, do you have an example? Do you want to yeah. share an example? Oh, do you want to share an example? Well, I've had, I've had family members pass um no one in my immediate family necessarily my grandpa passed then you are very well blessed the pair of you jesus well my yeah i know i'll Um, say with you tony i'll talk about that in a second finish (laughs) your story 
no, but I I think if you've ever, not that I want to put it on the same level, but I think that you can go through through some of the same stages almost when you mm-hmm. have like a particularly bad breakup, even right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause you cause you can suddenly go from from one thing to the well, other. It's death so, of a relationship. Right. So I've had some things like that happen, and I I'm a little bit more of the kind of person who just shuts in. Yeah. So kinda... you so you kind of keep it to yourself. Yeah. And hug, okay. Yeah, I would just like become a homebody and just probably like a hermit. Yeah, we we would never get you out. We'd be like, Robin, come sing karaoke <laughs> with us, and you'll be like, I'm busy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so like that's that's more my way of dealing. Is that just internalize and just do my own thing to distract? Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So Tony has never lost a grandparent. In fact, has only just recently, actually, what a year, two years ago, uh, two coming up on two years ago. Lost a great grandparent, and last year was the first. Uh, no, a couple of years ago, two years ago as well. I think you lost your first childhood dog. Yes, <laughs> Tony. Like this man as an angel. I, that's not. He's true. a horseshoe up his ass because, like Jesus, more so. Honestly, more so that people around him all do. Yeah, <laughs> Tony's a good luck charm. Apparently, oh <laughs> my god, that's not true. I've got one. Well, okay, I I know that you lost a really good friend of yours. Well, uh, friend that you hadn't kept in contact for a while, but was good friends when you guys were in contact. It, like what happens when you leave high school and you stop talking to people, but like you mean to talk to people and then you never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that, yeah. you, and you didn't deal well. You you become very um like overly so- clingy. <laughs> Is it that was what not you do, a Tony? good time for me. It's not uh, a good time for Tony. I become no. very like emotional and and has to like hold like strangle everybody around him when like holds being like you're not leaving. He does a Stark. Yeah, well, you know. Well, two things came of that. That was the initial reaction because I'd never had to deal with death before, so like that was really a shocker. And on top of that, so it was like my childhood best friend uh mm-hmm. who'd fallen out of contact out of high school and then he uh um, he killed himself on our birthday. So me and him shared a birthday and on our 21st birthday at midnight, he called me and I, I left a voicemail cause I didn't get it. And an hour later he killed himself. Okay. That's brutal. Holy shit. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So, oh man. So, but, uh, yeah. that was a little rough for me just because the fact that I missed that call has always kind of haunted me a little bit. No kidding. So, right. oh, that's so upsetting. Anyway. It was one of those things, and I'm I'm still mad that the phone that that message was on because I kept that message for a very long time. That phone actually ended up being like destroyed, oh. which sucks. So I don't even have that anymore. Yeah. But I think like part of it too is like sometimes eventually you get to a point where, like, he had to become okay with the fact of looking at photos with her and not quite feeling this, not pain. She's talking about the movie, not me, obviously. But now rejoicing. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah. like, but. The message it makes to me it's connected in the sense that like yes okay you losing the message was um not really your choice but like there comes a point where listening to old voicemails of of your loved ones it becomes kind of unhealthy yes um and you have to you have to move on eventually when you're ready and you've grieved you have to move on you can't hold on to it forever but hold on to it as long as you need it did you here's a question for you guys sure when you started noticing that, because I, I definitely noticed this in the movie, when he was still in that point of transition, when he couldn't look at those photographs, did everyone notice that his wife's face was always on sunspot? 
you couldn't really see it. Yeah. Because he couldn't think mm-hmm. about her. And he, he couldn't, couldn't think yeah. about he it. And it was kind of symbolic of his state of mind at that point. And as it moved through the movie, you started seeing like more and more, more and everything. Yeah. And at the very end, it's actually very clear who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. At first I thought it was like, maybe they didn't want, like, maybe it was just like stock footage and they like, didn't actually like want to pay an actress for it. Like, I actually thought that that <laughs> no, might have been a little deliberate. I, cool. I would have wondered. <laughs> and then at the end it was like, no, no, no. Okay. This is yeah, about his state of mind. Not really about, cause like, I didn't know if they wanted to, cause like, I mean, I could see it if they wanted to do it and make Skajo more of a romantic interest. I'm actually really happy with the, the amount of romanticism in this in terms of like, his relationship with Skajo in a weird way because it wasn't like a focal point and it didn't come to yeah, like I was virtually the too. very end when he started to grieve about yeah. it. Yeah. Like once he'd started to move forward and he started to grieve the process and he started to like accept that this had happened and be okay with it happened and that he's actually going to be in a good place. Like once he started to heal is when he was allowing that to kind of, and I think she was like, I still feel like it moved a little fast, but you know, it could take years for people to grieve, like when they become Properly. widowers. Yeah, um, it could take years for them to happen. So this was kind of cute in a Hollywood. Like it was a long time in a quote unquote Hollywood film. Um, February to July. So that, that's a long period. time in a Hollywood film. Okay, usually people sleep within a week of knowing each other. So I mean, like in Hollywood, yo, and like normally, it, like typically, I was surprised that there wasn't like thick, like tension, like sexual tension right from the get go. So it's kind of happy, wasn't there? And, and that's there a, was. I, that's where I was with getting the soccer at. bob. Yeah. With the soccer. <laughs> <laughs> but like but i'm just saying like i actually closer. really really liked that it was like it wasn't until like the end mm-hmm. when he was obviously like because she was very conscientious like the soccer moms were very aggressive towards him and being Whoa. like damn where she Check was she kind of like right off the bat was like okay there's a reason you've done this i don't really know the reason you're gonna tell me in your own time yeah like and then he started talking about it and then she could see that he was starting to heal before she made a move well i even like the fact that they have a conversation at one point when they're walking in uh after the kids are on the roof with the flashlight and all that stuff, talking about lemurs. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, you're very pretty, but don't be offended that I'm, I don't hit on you. Yeah. You know, like, and she's like, well, I'd be offended if you did. And I thought, like, that was a really interesting moment where, you know, they address the fact that they're very attractive people and attracted to each other, but he's not in a mental state to do it. He's to essentially do communicating that this, like, this is not, like... I'm not hitting on you. Don't get the wrong idea. And she's just well, like, hey, like, I- I'm, you know what? Like, value me for who I am. I'm not just a pretty face. She's yeah. so she's so different than the women that he was apparently all over before. The, or like, that were all over him, right? Yeah. The, yeah. 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 So, so, like, maybe a dinner for four. So he goes there oh, and she's completely yeah. different. So he's he's in the mindset of, like, almost expecting this from like women she's now. she's going to throw himself, herself at him, but then she didn't. Which is kind of why I see him making that comment. Yeah. It's just like... He's hey. so used to, like, everyone being like, you're a hot widower. And- like, his friggin', like, refrigerator full of lasagna. And one of them had a picture. Two of them, of, I think, did. Had a picture of who had given it to him. And I was like, who the fuck puts their picture on a lasagna? Okay, so uh, I have a question. Tasha kind of answered Sorry. this in a weird roundabout way, but I'd actually like a realistic answer of, would you buy a zoo? Robin. Uh, Let's say money's not an option. If if money is not an issue, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I mean, cash money is not an issue in this scenario. Oh, yeah, because you know scowl. what? I am from a I am from a family that taught me to be quite frugal. So yes, that is like a huge roadblock. I probably wouldn't do it if that was any kind of issue at all. Mm-hmm. But See, if I didn't have to worry about that, and I could hire people to do stuff, okay, I think that'd be so. You'd be an sweet. investor for a zoo. Well, you can own it. Right, and I still do I, stuff, but I'm not gonna be like the expert. Yeah, I, right? see, like, I would, he, he didn't know anything about no, it. He didn't he, know anything. See, know. I would do it if I didn't have to live on the property. Like, I think it was really weird that they like lived on the property, like of the zoo. For me, that was like that would kill it for me because I'm just not like when he comes in and he's like, "Oh, that smell." I'm like, I'm really not like I don't really like I like going to a zoo for a day. And like that's and even then you don't get to smell the worst of it when you're at the zoo because like where you are is obviously very clean and very wherever. But the like behind the scenes, you can get quite smelly back there. It's a zoo. <laughs> and, and you know, it's a okay. zoo. Like, so I, I the the concept of it though is like a childhood fantasy to like be oh totally like you know. I, you know, at some point, and... at some point when I was a kid, I wanted to be a zookeeper, right? Like I just I Who wanted didn't? to work with a- animals and mm-hmm. like that. So that is big time, just like a, a childhood. Like, oh my god, I would do that. Yeah. The reality is that's obviously not super fun, and no, there's nothing glamorous about it. No, it's super hard work. Yeah, I get all that, but like the idea is still okay. I have a follow up question in a second, but I want to know Tasha. No, money not an option. Money, I probably not, or, still not, wouldn't not a, do it. Still I pr- wouldn't do it. I have a million. I'd rather go buy a castle in Scotland. Okay, so not on your list. Not really. I never really like animals, and I are not really like I. I like animals, but I'm not mm-hmm. an animal whisperer, Tony. Like uh, sorry, t- Tony has an affinity for children and animals. Children love him. Animals so do animals. And I just like sit here and I'm I like, know. okay. Anyways, so like I just to be I never teddy bear. I never really wanted to be an animal keeper. Like that was never on my list of things to do. So for me, zoo, not really. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Jeff's in the same boat. You, if I know, I definitely option, would. I definitely you, would. You would buy a zoo? Oh yeah. I can picture him being like. I can picture him in the khakis. Oh, I, yeah. I can. You know what? He would be at every exhibit telling fun facts about animals. <laughs> Little yeah, did you right? know, flamingos are not pink. They're just pink because they eat shrimp. Fun facts right? with Jeff, right? Like, and it would be like informational and yet like hilarious at the same time. Yeah, like, yeah. just him in a there khaki be, shirt. I just like exactly. that picture now. Every one of the sides and would the have ridiculous puns in them. He'd have to wear the same hat. Every one of those informational sides would be filled with puns. Every Jeff, one of Jeff is still focused on like the informational side of it, and Tony's just enjoying the visual image of like Jeff with his skinny legs, like khaki or a pith helmet. No, the safari helmet, the safari hat. I would not be wearing a pith khaki, helmet with the khakis. Oh, you would be and short, in my brain and shorts. Khaki shorts. Khaki, khaki shorts. shorts that matched with a belt. It'd be mm-hmm. like Crocodile Dundee over here. Ain't that? It'd be a like beat. he's wearing a romper. <laughs> Ain't that a beaut? Oh my god! Halloween costume, okay. zookeeper. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, Tony, the, w- uh, would you? You know what? At this point in time, uh, yeah. If money wasn't an issue, I probably would. Like, I think it'd be a really interesting experience, and getting like that kind of backstage access to see the animals would be really cool, and like it'd just be a very, really cool experience. And again, that's if money's not an issue. I know it's a business. I know my wife would probably kill me if we bought a zoo. I think I would lose all my hair. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. If money is not an issue, you can hire people to do that's shit for true, you, right? Like I just you hire the accountant and you hire animal handlers. Okay, but have you met me? I'm a control uh, freak. <laughs> so you can just micromanage everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they get paid like hazard pay, just having to deal with me micromanaging them. <laughs> Oh, I saw Natasha was riding you a little hard. Here, have a little bonus. Ah. <laughs> bonus. Have an extra beer on me. <laughs> the uh, the secret bar at the back that has like no admittance for me, <laughs> so they can all bitch about me. It's yeah. my it's my picture on yeah. like the dark. Yeah. No, Natasha's allowed. Before we already hired one. <laughs> no, Homer's allowed. Frank. <laughs> it's just got like a combination log that she can't figure out. I would sit there and hack it. <laughs> Don't try me. How do you draw this pretty picture? Cody? booze. Okay, so still on the buying of a zoo. Let, I want to know if you put yourself in like Dylan and Rosie's position. You know, mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about it while the film was going on about how like, you know, how cool of an experience that would be. Um, Robin, you had something to say about that when we were watching. Oh, yeah. Because at that age, I think that would be awesome for any kid because... Not only do you get to work with animals, but you'd learn so much. Like, it'd be such amazing, like, life experience. I just, like, I would always remember that part of my life. It's like being a farm kid on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you Just, like, think of how many skills you'd learn. You did, like, the everyone around you'd be like, yeah, I, were, I, I lived on a zoo when I was a kid. Right? Like, even mm-hmm. if you didn't stay there later, I just think, like, for that time in your life... That yeah. would be You could say great. something like, I, I helped a zebra give birth or something like that. Yeah, and... <laughs> well, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's the miracle of my, life. It probably wouldn't be my highlight. <laughs> birth is disgusting, no matter who you are. True. Okay. True. But, but, like, especially as a kid, like, you don't care about having all the... You know, and on a zoo, I think you're going to give up probably... Especially that kind of place. Like, you're out in the boonies. Like, you're going to give up certain technologies and stuff. And, like, going to school with your friends. But when Hey, he got expelled. Like, that wasn't an issue. He wasn't taking... They weren't taking them away. I mean, yeah. He still he still lamented about not seeing his friends, even though none even of them showed they up. Want... Even though, like, if my even friend though called me shit tomorrow, friends. yeah, if you called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, like, I bought a zoo. Do you want to come, like, see some tigers?" I'd be like, "My first Fuck question, yeah. no, 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 my first like, thing would you be, are my you best a zoo? friend." Like question mark? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you, you pulling being my punked? Yeah, are you, are you yeah. fucking fucking with me? Like... Nobody does that. <laughs> you bought a zoo. Where? Which zoo? <laughs> like in your head? Are we making this up? Are you in the loony bin right now? Like okay. My actual question is, my question would be, so what video game are you playing? Zoo Tycoon. Oh, does that mean that if I ever call you up and be like, I'm going to space, you can be like, oh, you booted up Mass Effect again? Yeah. (laughs) Like, something like that. It's like, oh, we bought a zoo, or like, Zoo Tycoon? So I grew up, I grew up just outside of Three Hills, Alberta, or just in, I was in Three Hills, but just outside, just outside of Three Hills. Yeah. Uh, pretty much on one of the three hills. Nice. Yeah. Um, there was a gazoo called the oh gazoo. A little, a little, yeah, the gazoo. It's a gazoo. It's it's just what they called it because it's just like, fun, I guess. A little, a little tiny, like a, a tiny zoo? little zoo. It had like a petting zoo area, but they also had wolves. They had. A, they had, uh, a they had like they had like a baby lion there at Cute. one point. That so we go there a lot, and like that's. That's kind of like the scale that I would picture myself. 
Yeah. Just we're taking care of, I guess, like, just a little. Because, like, I grew, up, I grew up next to that. And going to somewhere like the Calgary Zoo, like a massive real zoo, was, like, so special. It's got, like, government funding and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, but when you think about, Calgary like, zoo? a family-owned place, like, that's the kind of place yeah. to think of, like, something actually quite quite small and... Don't yeah. model like, yourself is, after Gazoo, though. This is my little side tangent for you, but, like... Do you guys were you guys here in town when when Calgary flooded in 2013? Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, what, the Calgary Zoo also flooded, so they ended up holding the lions and the tigers in the jail cells. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, <laughs> I that. at the uh, courthouse. Right? At the courthouse, they put them at the, the the jail cells in the courthouse. Must have been an interesting time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine being like a prisoner in like the next cell over, being like, I'm oh pretty my God. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, you I'm know what I mean. Sure that, that would scare yeah. the shit out of them straight. I know. I'd be like, I'm never going to steal again. I will pay all my tickets, I swear. What is this? The Coliseum? Yeah. Frick. All the prisoners are, are in one. I'm not entertained. All, all the prisoners are in one cell, like against one side, and there's like a tiger on the other cell. It's like trying little, to claw at them through the bars. How little do they know? The lions are in the cell behind them. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, sorry. That was just my little side Actually, note. the funnier part is the hippo enclosure flooded. They had. They were worried if the hippos were going to escape into the Bow River. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that was like, the other one. They swim away. They were worried about swim that legitimately. That could be a problem. Could you imagine, like, living, like, downstream from, like, the Calgary and, like, this hippo just, like, comes onto the bank? You'd be like, what the fuck? A lot of people would be going missing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hippers are extremely friend- friendly, though. No one ever gets killed totally by a hippo. friendly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. By the way, not you know, hippos are oh. not very friendly. They are the... The most deaths in Africa are caused oh, by hippos. Fun facts for Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Only a hippopotamus no. will do. <laughs> All right. We're not doing any crocodiles here. A rhinoceroses? <laughs> rhinoceroses. And hippopotamuses. And hippopotamuses like me too. All right. So the comeback of Ca- uh, Cameron Crowe. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And through the wall. I've actually never seen Jerry Maguire. It is on my list of things to oh see. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. And I have a thing for Tom Cruise. And I still haven't seen Jerry Maguire. I never have either. All right, so Wait, Cameron- which, what is the iconic scene from Jerry Maguire again? Show me the money. Show me the money. Oh, okay, I thought it was the. We want the truth. You can't handle the truth. That's uh, that's uh, a few good men. Okay, yeah. that one. I also haven't seen that one yet either. But I've, I've seen uh, that clip. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm very familiar. And that's with Jack character. Nicholson. I know it's Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. All right, so this was the comeback of Cameron Crowe after uh, the somewhat failure of Elizabeth Town. I never saw. Oh, was that Orlando Bloom? Oh, yes. yeah, and I Tristan watched Dunst. that. Tristan Dunst. Yeah, which, go figure. I actually thought found a very enjoyable movie. It's one of my dad's favorite movies, actually. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, not a lot of people like that kind of slice of life type movie. What's it about? I don't. I never saw it. Uh, it's about a guy getting over the death of his dad. Wow. Okay. Like, Cameron oh, well. Crowe. Do you? Did you lose somebody? <laughs> Should we send a grief counselor? Um, I, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure he does a lot of the grief type stuff, right? Like, because he did Elizabeth Town, he's done Vanilla Sky, mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire. We uh, bought a zoo. We bought a zoo, almost famous, Aloha, which a lot of them have to do with like kind of slice of life, slice of life type movies, right? It's a shtick. Yeah, and he does really well at them, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. um, Jerry Maguire, right? Another one of those kind of. It's it's a really good film, but. So uh, he did Elizabeth Town, which 
did really did well, well for critics, but didn't really do well in the box office. Mm. Right. So it's like one of those films where it's mm-hmm. like maybe it's just released at the wrong time. Like if it was released during the summer when we want our big blockbusters. Eh, I think it, it, it's not so much a. It's not a blockbuster, though. It's like, it's kind of a sappy movie. Well, that's what I mean. But if it was released amongst the blockbusters and yeah, you were to give me lost. the new Jurassic Park that they've now announced recently, there's a new one coming out. Jurassic World 2? Yes. Have you seen the tagline for that? No. Uh... The Island of Dr. Wu? Oh, I didn't see that one. I, th- I thought it was like, oh, uh, life will sur- has a way of surviving or something like that. I can't remember. I just saw it yet- today, actually. Yeah, they have a tagline on it that it's life like... Dr. Wu. The huh. Island of Dr. Wu. All huh. they need... All they need is an extra H in there, and it would be a great movie. Anyways, no. <laughs> um, like, if you were to give me Elizabethtown versus the new Jurassic World, I probably, if it was released at the same time, I probably, it'd be like, it'd be like when Star Wars The Force Awakens showed up at the same time as, what, Smurfs 2? Is that what it was that came out at the same time? I mean, different, they completely made different of kinds of movies. Yeah, though. but they came out at, oh no, Alvin and the Chipmunks oh, too. Yeah. That's what it was. They both came out like the Chip-wrecked. same. Yeah, chipwrecked. They both came out at the same time, so obviously Star Wars The Force Awakens, like, obliterated the shit out of it. Yeah, Yeah. they were released on the same day. Yeah. That's what it was. Well, some things get buried because of of bad timing. It's just bad timing. Yeah, some great movies get buried. You know, so I'm wondering if maybe, like, if critics really, really liked it, maybe that's what did it. Like, there was something else that was just doing much, much more. And it's like a three-hour film. So, I mean... So if that was his comeback from that, how did he do with this film? Yeah, how'd this one go? Um, well, if you check it over on your backside there, you will see the figures. And my this back. actually did, did you write very that on my well. backside? Yes, it did. When did you do that? I didn't feel that. I'm magic. Oh, man. I'm a wizard. Natasha, I don't know how you do with it. <laughs> and kapoof, the backside's full. There you go. <laughs> so it cost $50 million. Mm-hmm. And it netted, netted 70.8. Oh. So, I mean, it made a good profit. Like yeah, it, it's, it did. And the interesting part about this is, so Cameron Crow, he did, um, actually between them, he did uh, Pearl Jam's 20 Years video. So he did that. And he was just kind of milling about. And the story on the street is that Tom Cruise pulled him, uh, was like, you need to come back and do something. Because him and Tom Cruise worked really well together. Jerry Maguire, Vanilla Sky. Um, and they, because that was kind of like their joint page, passion project. And so the story about how this movie got made that's really interesting so Tom Cruise went to uh, every major studio and was like, hey, Cameron Crowe's been kind of sitting around for a little while. Can you hire him? <laughs> and so Tom Cruise actually <laughs> that's pulled. Like getting, that, that's being like, call, I called your friends once when you were being a hermit. And I was like, please call Tony. Someone, someone and please do something take him with out. Him. <laughs> okay, I can't get him to go out anywhere. Yeah. Isn't that when you left town for a bit? You told everyone. Oh, I told everyone. When I left town, I was like, can you all just like call Which and make I sure fucking he didn't knew. die? I fucking knew you did that. And I had to call everyone and was like, no. I'm not hermiting. I'm installing hardwood. I've arranged while she's gone okay, to put in all the hardwood. Okay, but at least I care enough about <laughs> know, you to potentially go to every major studio and be like, hey, you're sitting on your ass. Let's hire this guy and make him make a fucking movie. I had made a plan with your dad to install hardwood the Okay, but like that's not the anyway. first time. There was a while where you were hermiting and I couldn't get you to do anything. So then I called everybody and was like, hey, would you like, you know, call and invite him to places? I will even pay. <laughs> I will pay for the tickets for you guys to go out. Can you just get him out? of the fucking house i have some bad cycles okay like hermiting sure anyway so tom cruise acted like me in the scenario went to every major studio and like essentially pulled a whole bunch of favors and then they had been working on um i think it was fox bought the rights to we bought a zoo Mm -hmm. 
I'm pretty sure it's Fox. I might be getting that wrong. Anyway, and they were like, well, you know, we've been trying to get a screenwriter to put this together for a while, but we've been having, like, some difficulties with it. Uh, would you mind taking a look at it? And, you know, yeah. so they kind of, like, threw him a bone of this one that they just couldn't get to work. Yeah. And to be honest, it's a really, really good movie. I, I liked it. it. Like, it's very charming, and it's from Elizabethtown, which by their standards of, like, Hollywood was a failure. Very good film. I still really enjoy it. It's a very deep film about, again, death. He kind of revisited the topic and with this and was able to pull something better together, which then led him on to do Aloha, which is another great film with, like, Bradley Cooper and, like, a whole oh, bunch yeah, of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that one. Yeah, so, like, he's been... You know, this was kind of that one where it's like Tom Cruise was like, "Please, just fucking get out of your basement." Just can you like <laughs> stop do doing music videos for bands? Yeah. Must be nice to have a friend like Tom Cruise <laughs> to pull Hollywood favors for you. I feel like Tom Cruise and I would get along really, really well. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Call me. We got something in common, yo. <laughs> I personally liked the Mummy with you in it, so like, just. Call you have a so yeah Cameron, every movie with Tom. I Cruise. have a soft spot for Tom Cruise. I really, really enjoy watching Tom Cruise. Okay, so hearing that he went around and asked people to help his poor friend out, like to write, it's, just to be like, give him something to do for fuck's sakes. Okay, like give the kid a bone. Okay, that's kind of. I, I just kind of had like movies like I Jerry just, Maguire. I just, it just too. makes me really yeah. happy that somebody would like go like that's a real friend who will go out there and be like somebody. Please, for the love of God, he's driving me up the wall. <laughs> Help me. Yep, I can see you doing that. I would do that. Yep. So, um, sad dad movies. Oh, this I can one segue. Sad dad movie are like the biggest target for like widowers. Okay. Or widows. Sorry, widows. Because if you're female, you're a widow. That's right. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, technically, especially if there's kids involved, it means you can take care of children, that they can come and fix your life, because single moms tend to want to fix other people's lives, because mm-hmm. they have barely any control over their own lives as a result. I mean, I'm talking about cliches and commonalities. I'm not talking yeah. about everybody. Of course, there's exceptions to everything, but the sexually aggressive soccer moms are definitely sitting there thinking, like, they can bring light to his life again and make him get over his wife and his or his deceased wife or whatever, and... Like he's good and with because, kids. Because they both have kids, then it's like no big deal. You don't have yeah. to convince them it's to not take like over a, you your know, kids. It's not like, you know, because when you date, when you're in like your mid-30s, early 40s, and you've got kids, that makes it really, really tough. Like people, it's like, oh, by the way, I have kids. And that usually scares off a lot of people. But you won't have to worry about that because he's got his own kids. And yeah, and that's a common, common thing. Yeah, I think that makes it easier. Would you say that this is a very uplifting sad dad film? No, I found that I wasn't really like uplifted at the end of it. It was more of like we just kind of were we played witness to somebody healing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's cute that they got a zoo. And obviously, like he, his relationship with his son gets really good at the end of it. And like, you know, obviously they've learned to just like work together and move on, move on together as a family. But I mean, I wouldn't uplifting is not necessarily the word. I would say I would say like come together, like watch everything kind of come together mm-hmm. and be cohesive mm-hmm. as a unit. But I wouldn't say like uplifted per se. Okay, now I'm, maybe I'm using the wrong terminology, but I, I was thinking more like a feel good film. No, no, you don't think this is a feel good <laughs> film? Oh, really? Uh, no, 
No, I feel like this is kind of like it's more inspirational. Kind of. I don't. I don't really know. I don't. I don't. I haven't had enough time to sit and think about this film for a while. I feel like this is a film that you kind of sometimes have to sit and think about a little bit and just be like, how did this make you feel? Like, because like, at the end of it all, fuck, don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> but like, I just feel like with this film, it's just so, like the message itself is really good. But at the same time, it's not like he, he didn't get over his wife. He just accepted the fact that she's gone and starting cele- to at and least, celebrated yeah. her life. Because at the end, he was telling stories about how he met mm-hmm. their mom. How, how he brother. met his brother. Yeah, right? Like, like would I call it an uplifting film? Not particularly. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, at the end of it, it doesn't make me feel like, woo, like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, when we did that one, like, that was a beautiful. Very uplifting. That is a very uplifting film because it made mm-hmm. me just want to get out, get off the couch and go chase my dreams. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. movie did not have that, that kind of effect. It kind of had that effect of, like, peaceful. It well, made me feel at peace. Because you were talking, uh, you used the, the, the term just like slice of life mm-hmm. kind of thing with regards to this director. And like that is really it's really appropriate. More, yeah, it's really appropriate for it because it's not, you know, not absolutely everything came together for everybody. Right. Like you don't see the end like he doesn't he doesn't, you know, fall in love with the other beautiful girl and completely get over everything. It's more just like, yeah, that's a little it's bit like it's a little bit of a next part, It's a little bit chapter. more real than like that's that's something that would actually really happen to somebody and it did actually really happen to somebody. Mostly kind of, kind of sort of with a Hollywood sense. twist. But even Super even with the Hollywood, Hollywood even with the Hollywood twist on it, I still feel like it like they could have they could have like spun it so much more at the end. To make it like everybody's happy, but yeah. they didn't. They kind of kept that kind of like it was, like, a, little, it was a little bit it's more still a subdued, little melancholy, but like not like like it was still like a good peaceful like you kind of you kind of come to peace but, with all the turmoil that's happened. Mm-hmm. I want to like if you want to talk about like a feel good though, like I I do feel really good at the end of this movie, like especially that moment where he gets over um, the tree. And sees all the people mm, there who are yeah. waiting to get in. Like, of all the moments in that movie, even with his wife and him remembering her, like, that's the part that actually makes me, like, tear up. That was uplifting. When I'm watching, like, that, that, that is work. such... I thought him, that like, is a super feel-good mo- moment. Reliving the memories of his wife, like, especially when they're, like, dancing, when they're picnicking really... and stuff like that. I knew... I saw Tony like, deliberately they... not looking at the screen. <laughs> 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 they hit, they yeah, hit you, they saw, hit yeah. you with the uh, actual, I cried like... when I watched a couple days ago, and I was like, I can't do this again. <laughs> put thumbtacks on the board. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> it's... They, they're hitting you with those bigger moments, like, right at the end of everything. Well, it's... And, like, even even the moment where Kelly and him have that cute little kiss, right? Like, she do, she just does it in such a sweet sweet way that it's almost like, oh. It's not like a big sloppy makeout, can't wait no, to tear your she, shirt off. It's... And she do, and she takes, like, something he said earlier and, and plays off of it and uses it. It was just... It was really cute. It's yeah. just, you know, so, like, just, like, those touching moments happen, like... Yeah. So I don't know. I they're think, not dramatic. They're I think they're it, kind of realistic in a weird way because, like, I mean, I know life. I know everybody makes their life really, really dramatic. But a lot of the times, the moments that define us the most aren't that dramatic. Mm-hmm. They're like little realizations of, yeah, and moments sure. and epiphanies that just kind of hit you sometimes out of nowhere. Yeah. So it kind of just like slice of life is a very realistic term for it. Very appropriate term for this. Okay, that's fair. Um. Speaking of, like, real life kind of thing, what do you think about his mantra, essentially, of 20 seconds of courage? 
of insane courage. Insane bravery. Oh, sorry. Insane bravery. It's a, I guess, a way to get, get past that, like, initial, like, fear of See, something. But I, I, like, I, if I, I can just be brave for 20 seconds. Afraid, I, I'm, I do think I'm afraid all the time. Legit. I am afraid, like, of everything. Mm-hmm. But I always have this thing that, like, I have a fear of missing out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So let's just put a fear of everything, but also fear of missing out. And put those together. I'm an anxious That's wreck. That's a lot of conflict. I am an anxious wreck. So I just virtually do everything afraid. <laughs> I just jump in and I don't even sometimes like once well, I've thought isn't about that, it. Isn't that courage? I though? just like that's... take a deep breath and jump right in. You get, but you you have to take that step, right? Like so you're it's pushing, more than twenty seconds. You, you may not be saying to yourself, "Okay, twenty seconds, I have to be courageous here," yeah. but you're still you're still taking that step to be courageous enough to even go. Yeah, right. Because yeah. just getting through that hurdle of just going and taking well, sometimes that first leaving step the house it. requires well, courage. Yeah, exactly. So Jesus. like that's and that's what it's about is getting past that. Yeah. Taking that first step, like taking the little the first hurdle and well, then nothing you can, will happen if you and sit at home can, and wait for it to happen. Yes. Yeah, and then you start the ball rolling after that. So like whether you call it a certain amount of seconds or anything, like I think we all have to push ourselves a little bit like that. I think it's a great mantra. If is, you if you want to put it, mantra. yeah, it's a, and it's a good way to remind yourself. Like you don't even have to have the seconds Take part of risks. it, but it's but it's cool. Yeah, didn't we just recently watch a film about risks? Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh, I sense a theme over here, fellas. Hey, that wasn't my pick. Wasn't this is my, my pick. pick, though. This is your pick. This is your pick. I don't know how this is your pick because I think we've all discussed this movie sometime or later and we kind of all mutually agreed to do this one. Or at least you and I did. Yeah, when we sat down, um, this one fit into my slot because I put it in there because we both had spots and I picked this and yours hasn't come up. But this was my pick and it's one of those films that I actually just really enjoy because... It just spoke to you, didn't it? It did. It very much spoke to me and it's like it's really weird because it's like between this and Secret Life of Walter Mitty, they're kind of those kind of movies that for me just kind of... Um, uh, are motivating so mm-hmm. like the 20 seconds you know sometimes like that's all that's i that's something i go i just have to start i just have to start and once i start then i keep going right and it's like because once you've started you don't want to stop but sometimes starting is the hardest point so it's like between this and secret life of walter Mitty, those two movies are very heavily motivational for me so you know like when i say that like this is a feel-good movie when i watch this film i go you know he took a leap of faith and that's mm-hmm. pretty much what he did. And he threw everything he had at it. And without, like, sometimes you have to do stuff like that in order to get things going. You know, and even sometimes you have to push through when stuff is hard. And you have to go, okay, I know this is hard. I just have to keep pushing through it. And, you know, and, like, if if stuff like that didn't happen, I wouldn't have this podcast. Because, let's face it, there was, like, a two-year building point to us oh. actually launching. Was, mm-hmm. I thought it was more than two years. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm rounding, okay? <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, two years and, you know, so many other random things happening, a lot of like hard problems and many, 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 and many, and all it many was issues. is I just have to, I had to keep telling myself, just keep moving forward. And like, that's what kind of what he does in this film is like every time there's a hurdle, he just goes, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving mm-hmm. forward, well, that, keep moving forward. That, especially that one moment where he finds out it's going to be probably at least another hundred grand to get 150 grand yeah to get past the inspection and he and he goes over and he's like bent over and he can't deal with it and then they just watch him like have deal a mini with freak it. out and then he like gets he up and kicks he puts over the barrel, the barrel back up and, and he's like all right all right 
Yeah, and and Kelly's just watching him, and she just gets emotional because she can see he's just like picked himself up after it. Like that's a good moment. It is, and you know what I actually really love is if you watch Kelly's character, uh, she says at the end she has a crush on him, but if you watch, she's constantly watching him. Like there's a lot of scenes where he's doing things and she watches him for sure, it. yeah. And so it's like the you know she gets this little smirk on her face as she's like watching him and slowly watching him uh, grow as a person, and you know like even when he opens up about his kids and all that kind of stuff. And even after um, uh, they walk out of Spar's cage and he says, okay, let's, it's time. And then him and his son walk away. She peeks around the corner to watch them walk away. And yeah. she can see that like relationship growing. And so she spends so much time watching him evolve as a person, you know, and he being right there alongside him that she's kind of like a partner for him. And so like that romance buds in such a she's natural way. She's like a human way. keeper, not just a zookeeper. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. She prefers humans to animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, bestiality is illegal. Uh, <laughs> okay. There it is. Yeah. This had to come up sometime. This had to come up sometime in this movie. Well, if you say, do you prefer animals or humans? Like, of course, somebody's going to make a, a bestiality joke. Especially when there's alcohol in the room and adults who are like five on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's All, right. All right. So, um... I want to talk about the teenagers for a second here because we've been talking a lot about Matt Damon and ScarJo. Um, Ellie Fanning, and I can't remember the. L. Fanning, sorry. L. Fanning. Thomas Hayden Church, right? No, no, no. No, no, no. that's not him. That's, uh, that's, that's the brother, Duncan. Yeah, I know. Um, I always think First of all, you lost your scrunchie. <laughs> I always think of Tom and Hay- Thomas Hayden Church as a freaking young kid. I don't know what's from it. Okay. Okay, but exactly. Dylan. Yes. Um, I want to talk about them for a second here because A. She plays a very cute character. Poor little homeschool girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, super cute. She immediately almost falls in love with Dylan. Like, or, like, it's just immediately drawn him. I wouldn't say falls in love, but she's just, like... Ooh, shiny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exotic city kid. Yeah, like, even the first day of meeting, she's, like, you know, following him, and she's, like, how old are you? He's, like, 14, I guess, and, like... So you are know. you, aren't you 14? Right, and then she's, like, talking to him, he, like, walks away, and she's, like, wait, come back! <laughs> Wait for me. Right? And then she brings him little sandwiches with, like, little suns drawn in them yeah. because he's so... Which I so, thought was really cute. It's okay, adorable. It's totally adorable. Aww. Yeah, well, that what was do you want to talk about, moment. like, about the... Besides the fact that they're fucking adorable. Well, I actually want to talk about how... And I can't remember the actor who played the kid's name, and this is going to drive me nuts, and I didn't put it on the list, and I should have. But uh, how well he plays the angsty teenage role. He probably really was angsty at the time, too, so it, like, probably helped. I didn't even want to be in this movie. I don't even <laughs> want to do this. Man, Whatever! Stupid. <laughs> That's bullshit, Dad. <laughs> do you relate to the angsty teenager, Tony? I do a lot. Yes, he does. I thought his artwork was very, uh, very inspired, and I really enjoyed it. But Maybe you did something like that. It was oh, very good. A lot of stuff like that. Um, yeah, I can see it. I can see it from you. <laughs> Truth. Uh, I can funny, confirm this. A funny story about that actually is the first time Tash talked to me was in our band class in grade ten. And it was because I was drawing uh, at the time. And she was like, what are you drawing? Literally actually happened. I just so happened to be drawing a dude standing on top of a pile of bodies with a machete. Oh, my God. That's literally the drawing (laughs) that I had done when Natasha was like. Oh, my 
man. I love you guys so much. And I'm so happy that you remember that. I don't. Uh, you don't remember it? I don't remember that. Uh, he told me about it afterwards. He's like, did the you first show time her the picture? Yeah. And I was just like, and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm drawing. And I was like, literally <laughs> like a dude. I drew a dude with no face. And I was at the coloring stage of it. And so it's like, there's a machete and like, there's a pile of limbs and bodies that he's standing on I top of. I was a goth girl. Okay. Let me just point out. <laughs> So it didn't angst. freak you out. No. That's fine. All right. So I just thought they were very cute and that the even though they're young actors, they did a very good job in this film of portraying youthfulness. You know, I know they are young, but like it's it's one of those things where you sometimes see young actors and it's just like, oh my God, I can tell you're just like reading from a script. You have like no emotion in this. Whereas I felt both of them did a really good job of actually portraying a character. Legit. That's very true. Agreed. I agreed. I very agreed. But uh, like the one thing that I really liked was the one line of my damage was, ah, whatever is the laziest word in the English language. I think that was like, that's very key to this entire movie. And that's kind of all about what the kid was like at the very beginning. He's very much that. It's the embodiment of his character. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, dad. Tasha just did the uh, W with her fingers and mouthed whatever for the audio listeners out there. Yes. I, I did actually. Maybe I'm just saying whatever, Tony. Sorry. Help, I'm sorry. Help me. Help me. Help me, damn it. I actually thought that was a very interesting scene, by the way, because it really helped them figure out their characters mm-hmm. and realizing that both of them were struggling. And they both needed help. Yeah. And they both could help each other. But neither of them had like really realized that they could help each other. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like one of those things where it's like, you know, that moment of them both screaming, help me <laughs> at each other really clicked into them that they yeah. both need help. Yeah. That was very, very well done. I thought that scene was very useful. Like exposing the characters and themselves. And Well, when you're going through something, especially as an angsty teen, it's really easy to just be all about yourself. Even if you're not intentionally doing it right like you have very selfish ideas and you just like you want to be helped and you don't necessarily think about how your dad needs to be helped right it's yeah <laughs> you have to True. come to that realization yeah no that's very fair all right so i'm pretty sure i've gone over everything on my list i think we're pretty much good and then some and, and then, then some, some. Uh, so I, I think that brings us to the part where we actually do no. rating. Okay, hmm? fine, fuckers. And then, and then, oh, no, no, and then, and then, no, and then. <laughs> the only thing I will never forget, dude, where's my car? Because it's the only movie that I can never think of in English because I watched it in German class in grade twelve. And the entire thing is undan, undan, nein. <laughs> Kein und Don. Kein und Don. Nine. Can't really. Nine. Can't really. Hashtag Jeff problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're at the rating point. So I'm going to start with Robin tonight. Uh, Robin, what would you rate this film out of five? I don't know why I'm going first. I don't know. Hi, um, Robin. We're throwing you under the bus again. I don't. I don't know because I like to give high ratings to things. So <laughs> give it a high rating. <laughs> give it a high rating. I I would rate this this movie like a four. I okay. think it's not it's not like a perfect film. A perfect it's... film, but I thought it was really good and it's really well done. And it's very touching, and I do think it is inspiring. And uh, Matt Damon um, 
has really great performance in this, I thought. So I think it gets a four. All right, four. Four is enough. Natasha? I'm going to go the same. I find that the acting is really good. The, um, I just, I liked it all together. I just thought that, um, I, I don't know. I guess they could have dived in a little deeper because anguish is usually quite, like grief is usually quite deep. And I found that it was kind of superficial. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, that's why I only docked it a little bit. Like, otherwise, I liked it. I, th- I had a good time. I enjoyed it. It was cute. It's a really high score for you. Actually, I've been giving things relatively high because I usually go with the intent of it. Like, I gave uh, Fright Night pretty high, too, because it was intentionally supposed to be a kitschy film. Yeah. So, the intent of this is to be, like, a very thoughtful film, and it, and it delivered. So, I give it a four. All right. Tony, yourself? Well, it is my pick. Um, not a perfect film, but I do love this as the revival of Cameron Crowe. Yep. I did very find the character is very relatable. I got to give this a four as well. You know, like, I, I know, like, so far we're across the board fours, but, like, it's a pretty solid film. It's mm-hmm. worth a watch. It definitely and, is. You know, it really shows how to deal with grief and sometimes about how we don't all deal with it the same way between, yeah. like, the father and the son and about how... You know, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and about how sometimes we all need to, like, you know, work together. And I think that was a big thing in this one was, like, it shows a lot of growth and it has a lot of character development. All right. Yeah. So, Jeff, do you want to finish us off here? What would you rate this? Wrap us up. We're going to be a perfect foursome tonight with a four. Kinky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're fours all around tonight, I guess. This movie has some weird pauses that it kind of lulls in pits. And I think mm-hmm. that the writing could have been stronger in points and such, but I thought the acting was spot on. I thought I really enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed, I enjoyed how they put everything together, and it's just everything came together in so nice of a manner. I enjoyed it a lot, and I think this movie rates at per sixteen out of twenty at eighty percent. Excellent. All right, so uh, we'd like to you know go out here, finish off here, and I'd like to thank our uh, guests. Our sexually aggressive <laughs> soccer mom, Natasha. Hey, call me Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise or Matt Damon? Tom Cruise. Okay. I'll take Tom Cruise. <laughs> and our animal enclosure specialist is Robin. Full of scotch and bitterness. I thought we said it was wine. <laughs> wine and, and bitterness. bitterness. <laughs> and inappropriate. Inappropriate thoughts? Yeah, inappropriate thoughts. Always. Yes. <laughs> impure thoughts. Impure. Impure thoughts. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. <laughs> impure. Same. And botching lines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been another episode of Flicks Raid. We're your hosts, Tony. And Jeff. Good night, internet. Night, guys. Next week, we find the college kids doing a suicide pact near our vacation home on Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Hey, guys. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to us on Google Play and iTunes. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. And you can follow us on Twitter at at FlixXRaid. And like us on Facebook at the page FlixXRaid. You can also find us on Stitcher at FlixXRaid. Thanks, guys. Good night, Internet.